Hey, Armin here. Welcome to the NSP Nutrition Show. We cover training, nutrition, supplementation strategies, and a whole lot more. So stand by. Welcome to the NSP Nutrition Show. I'm Armin Eckelbarger. And I'm Frank Mills, and we appreciate you joining us today. Thank you very much for doing so. Whether you're watching or listening, we thank you for doing it, and thank you for joining us. Uh, all right, so we're going to get started. What we're going to be talking about today is how often you should change up your routine. Because, mm -hmm. you know, we don't want you getting bored, so we'll talk about that. And then also in the second segment of the show, we're going to talk about ways to improve your cholesterol. And I think everybody is interested in that uh, because we've all heard the cholesterol stories and have been through situations to where we're lectured about cholesterol. So we're going to talk about that as well. So let's get started. Um, Armin, changing up your routine. I think this is a great topic because, you know, you don't want to do the same workout for a long amount of time. You get kind of bored with it. Plus, your body gets used to it. But I think this is a great topic. Well, yeah, I've been experimenting with this kind of stuff a lot of ways. And I just found some found some good good success with it as well, mm -hmm. which is really helpful. So, uh, yeah, I think and there's a lot of things to understand about changing routines. So I, I've been them, so based on the things I've learned, I think there's some going to be some good takeaways on this. <laughs> Well, you just mentioned that, that you try to do this and you change it up. So what's your current strategy right now? All right. Good question. Uh, so at this point, I'm training five days a week. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I'm taking two days off to make sure I get good recovery, which I feel is working real well at this point. Because I've done the, you know, six days a week, seven days a week, and I've done three days a week. So I've done hmm. all these different uh, strategies. And so what I do now is I start the week off, you know, when I'm pretty fresh because my focus is to work is to improve my leg development and my back development. And that, in my opinion, I need to improve on that. So uh, so what I do when I start the week off, I'm doing quads and calves. So I'll highlight there. I'm not doing hamstrings, just quads and calves mm -hmm. on day one. Then I'll, the day two, I'll do chest and triceps. And then day three, I'll do back by itself. And after that, I'm going to take a day of rest, let my body recover, and I'm really needed about then, too, so which is good. And then after that, then I go back, and I'm going to go to hamstrings and calves and work the other part of my legs. And again, I'm getting calves in twice a week. And then finish with shoulders and biceps, and then followed by another day of rest. Hmm. And on okay. that rest day, I typically do a 24-hour fast as well. You know, not that it's a big deal, but just something that uh, I've been doing. So I've Found that really that has doing that fast hasn't really affected my strength and, mm -hmm. and my energy as well. So it's been a I've been a unique experience with that. But this has been my structure now for about 18 months. So it's not like wow. you know, you know, it's been a while. Uh, but again, that's because I'm focusing on these these areas. Uh, and so you know, I do adjust from time to time depending on my schedule. There may be some times where I'll do you know quads and calves, and then one day just do chest by itself. Then another day, just do back by itself and then hamstrings and calves and shoulders by themselves and then arms by themselves. And so there'll only be one day off in that case. 
I don't do that very often, but sometimes I feel mm-hmm. like if I want to shock uh, these muscle groups a little bit more, I'll do right. that too. So it's like DNA, it's, it's never going to be just perfect the way it is. You you do need to you know look at it. If something's not where you think it should be, then you could just change it up that way. But I will do that periodically too as part of the mix. Well, since you've been doing this for about 18 months or so, um, you know, I assume that you're seeing the results that you want. Yeah. You know, I didn't, I didn't really realize if you split up your leg training, how much more effective that would be. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's really, it's been an eye opener. I mean, hmm. but if you look at the pro level bodybuilders, I mean, their hamstring development is it's pretty well off the charts. So, um, you know, and that's why the, that's what they do. They split it up. They don't just do, in most cases, they're not going to do quads and hamstrings and calves uh, all in one session. And mm-hmm. if, if that's an area that's lagging. <clears throat> now, if they don't have a problem with it, then it doesn't really matter because some guys, right. they could just do anything and their legs grow. Mm-hmm. That's just not, that's not me. So I right, got to really right. work at it. Um, but I do notice better separation development on both sides. So that's been uh, really good. And then uh, different areas of my back has improved, especially the lower Christmas tree area with those, you know, the lats insert down low mm-hmm. to get better separation there. Uh, and I kind of want to get a little bit more width to keep that, make my waistline look small. Uh, and, you know, with, with the work in the middle of the back, getting more thickness to it. So I have a little more density. I mean, you know, who, who wouldn't want a good, you know, nice wide back. Uh, and then again, the focus is keep it, you know, within that 45 minute period hitting all the angles I can. Um, so it's, it's really starting to show and make some difference. And so I'm really happy with it at this point. So, mm-hmm. well, it's kind of interesting. You've been doing it for, like I said, over 18 months. Yeah. Is this something that you think that you'll continue with for a while? That's kind of hard to say. I mean, I'm mm-hmm. starting to reevaluate everything again. Um, you know, I've been doing this for a long time and mentally you start kind of, you know, getting a little stale with it. So I can't say I'm going to, you know, this is going to be the, the same strategy, mm-hmm. um, but I am evaluating it. So, cause it's, um, and that's what you have to do as you're training is like, you feel like you're not getting, you know, got that excitement and the strength's not going the way you want it. Um, then we can relook at what you're doing. And I've done this from many different ways over the mm-hmm. years. And it's a really, it's, it's hard to make yourself do, but actually when you do it, it, it does make a difference. So now, as you're talking about changing up your routine, and I don't want to get too off track here, so if I am, let me know, but um, yeah. you're talking about specific areas on your body as far as the routine, not the actual workout or the exercises, correct? Um, well, no, I do I do change up the exercises. Change that up as well. We'll, we'll get more into that, too, okay. because I, okay. I don't want to. Yeah, the focus here is changing up how I'm going to attack my physique gotcha. and my overall development. But I don't do the same routine anymore like I used to. Mm-hmm. Um, just because, you know, when you've been doing it as long as I've been doing it, you're always wanting to try some fresh stuff. So, <laughs> Right, right. And, and and that's what I assume, but I just wanted to make sure on that. Okay. Yeah. So how long have you um, stayed with other splits like this in the past? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, because at one time I was doing a lot of giant sets, which I really enjoyed. I mean, I I recommend that to anybody if you really want to get some good stimulation. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and they're brutal, you know, doing a giant set. And, you know, I was doing like, you know, eight exercises nonstop. 
Uh, and that really challenges and you have to do a strategic way too. Okay. Mm -hmm. But that worked phenomenal. Uh, and that's when I own, owned my own gym. So I had the liberty of being able to do that because you know, I did it in the middle of the afternoon, like three o'clock when there's nobody right. in there typically. And if there was, it'd be like one or two people. Uh, and so with that, um, that's when I was doing, uh, you know, like day one would be legs. So I was doing the whole entire legs, but I was, again, doing a giant set. So I'm doing hamstrings, quads, hamstrings, quads. It's kind of alternating back and forth. Day two was chest. Uh, day three was a rest day because, I mean, I was really sore. Mm -hmm. um, day four, we're doing a back again, trying to, to really hit that from a lot of angles. Day five was just straight shoulders. And then day six was arms. And then day seven oh. was rest. So, uh, and when you do giant sets, uh, you're getting, you're getting hammered if you, because you're doing so many different exercises and it's amazing how that works. Mm -hmm. uh, and a lot of, a lot of competitive bodybuilders are into that, but you can't really do that in a public gym. So, uh, that's why I had to change things up. So unfortunately I had to give that one up. Um, but I did that for most a year. I, I was really happy wow. with the results I got from that. Mm -hmm. um, but I've done other splits, you know, like day one, I do legs, day two, I do back and chest because you always want to focus on the bigger muscle group. Uh, then a day three, I rest and then day four shoulders and arms, day five rest. And then day six would start all over again. So it was only, mm. you know, body, you know, three days of actual workout splitting the muscle groups up. So that one's a more condensed mm -hmm. one, but, and I did that for a long time. I just found that over the, over the period of time of doing it, you, you can't keep the intensity up if you're trying to integrate these other exercises in there. And so not that it couldn't be done. I just decided to you know, expand things a little bit more because at the end of the day, mm -hmm. it's not about, because this has to do with, you know, you need to train the muscle group twice a week. You got a lot of guys that are all over that. And then, you know, so the science says, okay, right. Well, let me say right. this. The science says also you need to maximize recovery. So if you're not getting recovered, it doesn't matter if it's two times a week, one time a week, et cetera. You need recovery. Now, so with that, with that being said, if you're getting good results and you're training that muscle group two times a week, go after it. Great. Right, right. Okay. But it wasn't happening for me. I mean, I was so fatigued because I was training really hard. And again, this is within a 45-minute window. Now, there were some times prior to that where I was going a little bit longer. But um, still, that's kind of where, where that landed. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, so that covers split routines. But what mm -hmm. exercises for each routine? Uh, in other words, how often do you change that up, Armin? Yeah, I got a good question there. Um, well, you know, I've been training about 40 years. So mm -hmm. I've tried a lot of different combinations. And it doesn't take too long for, you know, for me to get stale and just doing a set routine right. of so many different exercises in other words if i started out with just like what i see a lot of guys doing they're just going to do bench press then they're mm -hmm. going to do incline press and then they're going to do fly maybe and then they may do dips that kind of thing and they do that every single time yeah i don't do that anymore uh, gotcha. that just doesn't gotcha. work for me um but i've had periods where i'd only focus on adding you know only just focus on adding weight and reps for mm -hmm. each exercise i was doing to measure and tracking progress so that would entail uh, where I would position that particular exercise and see how it would respond to it mm -hmm. week, you know, week after week. So that's one thing you can do to track your progress and how your strength is doing. But uh, while I liked doing that, um, I did eventually start to plateau because you can only, even if you change the tempo and you shorten the rest periods, um, 
you know, you're still doing the same thing mechanically right. and your body gets very efficient to that. So mm-hmm. that's when I would just, that's why I like to switch up and go to a similar exercise that would activate some other muscle tissue. And then, you know, and again, continue to focus on whatever was the weakest area to work on. So if I was focusing on my lower pecs, which used to be a little bit of a problem, uh, then I was, you know, I wouldn't be doing incline until later on. Cause I had one period of time where you know, my incline, my, my upper chest wasn't where I needed to be. And I was focusing on that. And I was able to bring them all up nice and evenly by doing the, the focus on that weaker area. Mm-hmm. So that's also causes a lot of uh, adjustment too with your training. Is that something you're still doing right now? Well, right now I'm, I'm experimenting with all kinds of combinations mm-hmm. of, of different exercises to see how I respond just because you know, I can, and I've, kind of developed my body pretty good. So I'm not sure how much more muscle I would even be able to put on even at 59. I'm not sure there's a whole lot of room for any more because, you know, I'm at a point where it's hard to put on muscle. I'm just trying to mm-hmm. hang on to what I have. So what I'm doing is changing up different combinations and see if I can, which I found will help bring up another area that was a little bit um, lagging that I didn't realize. Mm-hmm. You can do that with these different exercises. So that's kind of where I'm at with that. Can you offer some examples of these different uh, exercises or the combinations you're doing? Yeah, so like for quads and calves, you know, I may start with a leg press and go real heavy, you know, 12 to 20 rep range, just really hitting it hard. Then mm-hmm. I would superset, you know, leg extensions with sissy squats or goblet squats. And those are just brutal. I mean, brutal. And then other days, you know, after warming up, I, I would do Vince's sissy squats first. Um, mm-hmm again because they're 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 tough i mean it it really wakes up the quads but then superset with you know that with the closed stance leg press movement or squat machine and um, then do leg extensions with drop sets which you know this is is a lot of intensity and then for calves supersetting you know like the calf raise uh, with the leg press you know Mm -hmm. and do 12 to 50 reps or supersetting a calf raise with cd calf uh, that's a that's a killer combination too. So that's one one example, uh, like chest and triceps. Uh, you know, I'd be focused either on the upper that workout, or I'd focus on the overall chest that workout. Hmm. And this is okay. focused on getting you know both areas developed as evenly as possible. And I, I've seen that work really well. So I like to continue to do that. And you can just tell by the pump that everything's connecting well. Um, and then as I mentioned in the past. I really like to do a pre-exhaust work. And so after warming up, you know, I like to do a, maybe a drop set on the pec deck, just one set, but you're going to work really hard on it and then move to dumbbell flat presses because my triceps are still fresh, but my chest is just burning mm-hmm. and try to go as heavy as possible and stay in that six to 10 rep range of quality form. Okay. And then I would move to incline presses, either be dumbbell or machine, and then finish with Garanda dips because I'm very strong with dips. And so I'd always do those at the end, but that also, because everything's already activated, you know, it helps finish off getting that lower pec. Cause I don't like doing declines because I just found it for me with this mounting, unless you got somebody that can help you, you can get yourself hurt really easy doing when you unload mm-hmm. the weight on the decline movement. So that's one of the reasons for that. that's why I like the dips better. Okay. And then, you know, after chest then I would, um, I'd go to triceps and just do close grip bench, and I'd superset that with like B bar push downs. Um, and do, you know, two or three sets of that, and then move to rope extensions, you know, behind the back, and then superset that with first grip push downs as, as an example to get another angle of the tricep. 
So as you can tell, um, you know, these things, you can do all kinds of combinations and you're just, the body's just trying to keep up and trying to figure out what the hell's going on. So that's the beauty mm-hmm. of that. And then when going on to, you know, like my back, okay, that's, that I'm doing one workout will be focusing on the lat width with those particular exercises, like pull downs, pull ups, those, those are the focus. Mm-hmm. And then I would finish with the rowing exercises. Hmm. And then next workout would maybe do a row emphasis, some focus on T-bar, bent rows, cable rows, and that kind of stuff, and then finish with the lat workout exercises. And then on another workout, I would alternate row, lat, row, lat. And I'm telling you, man, you really feel it when you're doing that. And so sometimes it's kind of hard to estimate how much weight you want to use, but it's okay because you're you're stimulating a lot of different muscle fibers. So I just found that's really been helpful. Mm -hmm. Um, And then like, you know, shoulders and biceps. Uh, I mean, there's just different combinations of laterals you can do with your shoulders uh, and then throw some presses in there. So a lot of times I'll, after I warm up, I'll do the different types of like regular lateral raises and bent over lateral raises, get the side and the back part of the, the shoulder and mm-hmm. then go right to, right to presses. Um, and then, you know, for triceps, I would do close grip and then go right to um, tricep extension behind the back. And you even do, I do giant sets with that. So mm-hmm. I go maybe three or four exercises anyway. So that's kind of giving you a, um, you know, mouthful there, but at the same time, you just take your exercises and learn as many different ones as you can. You can, you can maneuver these combinations to really shock the muscles for quality development. And if anybody hasn't seen what Armin looks like, uh, go online, <laughs> you'll see how that's working out. Uh, <laughs> A lot of great information, Armin. We're running out of time. Any yeah. final thoughts? Yeah, I just want to say that, you know, the more advanced you are and the longer you've been training, then, you know, it's going to get a little more complex with the strategies that you want to use because your body's already been through and it's conditioned to these different things that you've done over the years. Right. So this is why you want to just keep experimenting with different exercise combination and splits to see if that kind of, you know, reactivate some new tissue or gives you a different feel. I typically get sore almost every workout by doing this. Now I know soreness is an indicator of growth and things like that, but for me, soreness is an indicator. I've done something. So that's what I can, and it doesn't need to be over the top, but I just, I like it when I feel a little bit sore after I've done a really tough session. I just, I just feel like I got something out of it. And that's just me. I'm not saying here that, well, soreness right. is, you got to be sore to get results. I'm not saying that, uh, but it's something I like to, kind of had for feeling good about the routine I did. So what this all means is you constantly have to assess how, how you're, how you're doing, how things are developing and to determine you know, what you're doing is working. And if not, then, you know, obviously make some of the other adjustments uh, and try something different. But Absolutely. Track it so that you can kind of see a trend that's starting to happen. Anyways. <laughs> no, good stuff. A lot of great information, Armin. And, uh, you know, I'm sure everybody enjoyed being able to take a peek into what you do. You know, that's pretty cool. So right, cool. anyway, uh, let's get ready for the next segment. We're going to take a quick break. Stand by for a quick word from NSP Nutrition. Arm and I will be right back. NSP Nutrition was founded by Vince Gironda during bodybuilding's golden era. Vince wanted to supply his members with unique and nationally sourced supplements that would help accelerate their progress. NSP Nutrition stocks some of the same products it did when it first began in 1972. And you can discover our entire range of supplements and products at nspnutrition.com. Just use the code NSPSHOW at the checkout and save 10% on your first order. 
Hey, and welcome back to the NSP Nutrition Show. I'm Armin Eckelbarger. I'm Frank Mills, and uh, we appreciate you joining us. Like I said, we're going to talk a little bit about NSP Nutrition's cod liver oil. The reason why is, uh, you know, there's a lot of the fish oils out there, a lot of different options. Yeah. But, you know, there there's stuff out there, and Armin, from my experience, from the burping to the flavors to the quality, uh, taking the NSP cod liver oil, what a tremendous difference. I, I really don't have a lot of those problems that I did. And uh, the quality is there on top of that, right? Yeah, it's a great product. You also have fat-soluble vitamins already wrapped into it, so they're, they're going to you know, absorb it well. So you got vitamin A and vitamin D combined with it. So you get a triple effect, so to speak, from the cod liver oil. Mm-hmm. Well, it's good stuff, and uh, we encourage you to take a look at it right now. Uh, you can get it on nspnutrition.com. So take a look at cod liver oil, uh, and you'll be glad that you did. All right, so let's get into the next part of the show. Ways to improve your cholesterol. You know, what made you decide to talk about this, Armin? Yeah, good question. Um, you know, I'm a kind of a controversial guy on cholesterol, but... Um, <laughs> It's National Cholesterol Education Month, and it was brought to my attention. So I thought, well, let's see what I can talk about on that, uh, see if I can be helpful. Because, uh, again, there's right. just a lot of different talk about cholesterol. It's, it's like that. <laughs> well, you've mentioned multiple times to me and in certain other episodes of different shows, whether it be Reality Fitness or NSP Nutrition Show, um, about the medical community, really just overly, mm. overly stressed about cholesterol. Uh, what, yeah. Why don't you tell us exactly what you mean by that, overly stressed? Yeah, it's a pretty good question. Um, you know, when you go to the doctor, and this is what I deal with the clients I work with, they go to the doctor, and all I want to focus on is the cholesterol um, and whether they should issue you a statin drug. Right, right. They don't want to do anything that's natural-based. They don't feel natural-based works, and they feel like, you know, you need to keep your cholesterol as low as possible, which I don't understand that either because there's other science that refutes that. So, but that's what the, the narrative is right now with, with you know, going to the doctor. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, the whole thing is lower as much as you can, uh, and then, if you look at what's going on, there can be people that are on statins these days. And you would think heart disease, strokes, and heart attacks, they'd be coming down rapidly, you know, really quick because they've been on mm -hmm. them for years. Right. And right. I'm not I'm not really seeing that. I don't know if you are, but I'm not seeing that. So that's where I'm like, okay, you, this has been around for uh, quite a number of years and it's being pushed. And there's a lot of people on them. Mm -hmm. But we're not seeing any, we're not seeing hardly any changes from what I could tell. Now I could be right. wrong, but right. uh, I, I, heart disease is still number one thing. So it kind of makes you wonder if that's really putting a lot of uh, putting a dent in the whole thing. But hey, that's right. That is what it is. <laughs> well, if that's how you feel, tell us what you mean about improving cholesterol. Like the the focus I have is, you know talking about getting the overall profile to be better because you know you know the medical community just looks at the total cholesterol 
And then, you know, if you have good H, if you have good high density lipoprotein, the quote unquote good cholesterol, and there's people debate that too. If you have a high level of that, that kind of still gets discounted because you're looking at the total number. But there's a lot of studies that show that high HDL is, you know, people don't have hardly any problems at all. And so, uh, and then, you know, if you do lower your LDL, uh, get that better balance, uh, typically by having the HDL higher, you're not really sweating the LDL uh, number. And to be really honest here is the LDL is not the number you really want to be focused on. If you think that, that, that you're having a cholesterol issue, you need to ask the doctor to get an apolipoprotein test done mm-hmm. to see if you have large fluffy or small particles. You have large fluffy, you're, it doesn't really matter a whole lot. That's what the science is stating. Now, if you have little particles from doing an apple lipoprotein test, then yeah, may need to take it a step further and you may need a stat at that point. But you know, you need to be taking these steps first before just going, oh yeah, well, my LDL is up. Let's put me on a stat and then let me just deal with the side effects of the stat and let me deal with that. Mm-hmm. That's what's going on. Right. Now, another right. test you can also take is you can do a calcium score test to see if you have any blockage at all. And that's another option. And there's going to be other options, more options coming down the pipe. But that's just two key ones that I think that um, that need to be uh, talked about if if the medical community wants to really be on board with it. But they're not doing that. You you have to ask that kind of stuff. So, well, I'm sure a lot of our listeners or people who watch in the show probably there are some that have never heard of HDL LDL, and you're kind of speaking French to them right now. So, can you tell us a little bit how this works? Well, HDL is you know, your high density, high density lipoprotein, um, and that's where most people are really lacking. I mean, they have low HDL because of nutritional habits. Well, it's not even, it may not even be nutritional; it just may be exercise habits. They're very low, um, but also how their liver produces the cholesterol because that's another factor in it. Your body makes it, but mm-hmm. HDL carries cholesterol to your liver. That's what it does, and then. It, it can be removed from your bloodstream before it builds up into your artery. So it gets pushed through your bloodstream. So that's why they consider it to be what, what's, good, what's considered good cholesterol. That's the okay. LDL, HDL. HDL. And then, okay. yeah, so that's the thing there. And statins haven't really shown to consistently improve HDL levels. Mostly what they tend to do is affect the LDL. And that's what, that's what I'm seeing. That's what a lot of other people see. But you're going to hear differently depending on, you know, the pharmaceutical companies are promoting it. Right, um, right. So also statins have shown to adversely affect hormone levels, such as testosterone and others. And so if you just go and do a statin like they suggest, now you've got another potential uh, can of worms that's going to open up over time. Because when they issue a statin, the other question you need to ask, well, how long am I going to be on this, doc? And mm-hmm. you're going to find out, well, the rest of your life. You know, you got to mm-hmm. put this in your insurance plan and pay for this the rest of your life. Pharmaceutical companies love it. So anyways. <laughs> wow. Um, now, hmm. on top of all that, you know, most people don't know that the thyroid hormone stimulates the expression of LDL, mm-hmm. of the LDL receptors. And in hypothyroidism, you know, the number of uh, hepatic LDL receptors is reduced, leading to the decreased clearance of circulating LDL. These are some technical terms. So this decreased clearance of LDL accounts for the increase in the plasma, you know, what's in your bloodstream, LDL levels. So that's Hmm. another thing that people have no idea about. So 
your thyroid affects that as well. But you don't right. hear a lot of talk. You don't hear a lot of talk about that. <laughs> so I just want to kind of bring that to the surface. And I'm sure that'll create a whole nother conversation with the doctor going, what do you mean? Why? You know, because they're just like automatic with these things from what I've seen. Right. <laughs> and, and if anybody doesn't really think that Armin does his researchers homework just by that last paragraph <laughs> that, holy smokes, uh, you definitely do a lot of homework, a lot of research because you're passionate about it and you do a great job on a lot of yeah. the information that you bring. You know, we all are learning something every show, but um, Armin, I'm kind of curious, what have you been doing yourself or seeing work for others regarding this topic? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, since I'm, you know, rambling on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, the things that I've seen affect uh, for myself and for my clients is a real simple strategy that I'm using. And this is to help with the HDL cholesterol. Right. Is I take 100 milligrams of niacin. Okay. Uh, niacin is, and you don't want to take a lot of it. You don't need to. Uh, but what it'll, it will cause a flush in your system. So you will have to get a little bit used to it. It's nothing uh, huge, but it'll make you feel a little bit uncomfortable. You just want to know that if you do start doing this. Mm -hmm. But take 100 milligrams of, of niacin, which I learned from Vince as well. And I take that right before I train. So that's when I take that. Um, and then on top of that, um, with, with the uh, weight training, then I'll take two to five grams of fish oil, cod liver oil, you know, any combination. Mm -hmm. And then you can do 600 to 1800 milligrams of alpha lipoic acids. And so and that would be something that you can, you can take daily. Don't necessarily have to take daily, but you could. And I've seen, um, I've seen really good results with that. Hmm. Interesting. So what happened by doing that, Armin? Okay. It's so like for me, what I had me, which was pretty impressive, I thought, is my HDL went from the 40s, low 40s mm -hmm. to 85. So wow. 40, low 40s to 85. And then the doctors is like, geez, how did that happen? And I've seen this with other clients. So that's by doing this kind of combination. My LDL actually started to get too low. It was getting in the 60s because, you know, your range is 100 at the max. Right. And, uh, you know, then they, the doctor's like, oh, this is great. You know, your, your cholesterol is really, you know, this and that. I'm like, I don't think so because my total cholesterol got to be 145. And if you do research on optimal cholesterol levels, rebuild cells, muscle building and hormones and all that, it needs to be 160 to 180. That's where you need oh. to be. Okay. But they think this lower, the lower, the better. And but I, you do the research, no. And they're also finding out that doesn't work that way. But this is what the narrative is from the pharmaceutical companies to see if that'll help improve their uh, rates of uh, less heart disease and things like that. Mm -hmm. So what happened for me is I had to kind of cut back on everything because I didn't want to get that low because of what I just mentioned. And I want to keep my, my, my hormones in optimal range. Absolutely. So, um, so what is I made the adjustments, you know, I didn't do it as much. I still do the hundred milligrams. So I want to hundred milligrams of niacin because I want to keep that high HDL level. So I had my labs checked in July. Um, and then my total cholesterol came at 175 milligrams per deciliter. So I'm kind of in that sweet spot at this point with my own cholesterol. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of been in that, that range for a long time. So, and this is all eating high protein and high fat. While I'm cycling in the carbs, like I, cause I do carb cycling, 
So it just goes to show you that nutrition is only a, a small part of the mix. Absolutely. Wow, that that's um, a lot of good stuff. Now, you mentioned diet. Um, how, how important is your diet? How does that affect your cholesterol levels? Well, that's another thing I've been learning because, you know, I'm constantly you know, researching this because it's a, such a big deal with the medical community. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and it's, I'm sure it's going to continue to be a hot debate, but it looks like the studies are showing that nutritionally, you only are, your nutrition is only going to affect 10 to 20 percent of your total blood cholesterol levels. So if you're eating cholesterol, you're only going to absorb 10 to 20 percent of it, mm-hmm. so, which is pretty fascinating. So suggesting that eating a low fat diet strategy is going to be so good for you uh, doesn't seem to have a lot of merit to lowering your cholesterol. So, right. I mean, because you're only tying a 10 to 20 percent uh, you know, difference there in mm-hmm. a perfect world. So. <laughs> well, you know, the thing that's funny, Armin, is when I changed a lot of my nutrition and we did my blood work a while back, um, you know, my my stuff was in pretty good range. But even my doctor said, yeah, well, you know, you need to work on your cholesterol a little bit, whatever. Well, yeah, well, there you go. Right. And I've been to the doctor since now. My nutrition change, I, I eat anywhere from four, as many as eight eggs a day. Okay. It depends mm-hmm. if I, you know, like I, I like hard boiled eggs and deviled eggs and stuff like that. Uh, yeah. Sometimes I eat a little more for breakfast, but I normally have like four for breakfast. But, you know, <laughs> I, I have no cholesterol issues and I eat so many eggs a week. Uh, yeah. And even my doctor said, well, your cholesterol is better. You know, did you cut back on those eggs? There you go, man. I'm like, no, I actually increased them. And he's like, what? Yeah. So you're, I mean, I think you're spot on, but as we're running out of time, unfortunately, any final thoughts on this topic? (laughs) Well, in my opinion, you need to be your own advocate on this whole uh, cholesterol process and understanding Mm -hmm. of it. Uh, And you definitely need to really question the medical community. Uh, And they don't like being questioned, but you need to question them. Because, you know, again, it seems to be influenced by big pharma because things do not appear to be improving. You need to ask them, you know, you guys are recommending all these stats and stuff, but people are still having heart attacks and strokes. Well, what's what's really going on here? Right. Okay. Right. And then see if they have any answers to the question. But, you know, I, I think you're going to try to get a dismissal of, well, that's not, you know, we don't know yet, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but do, do your own research. Okay. Try some things I've mentioned. You know, try the niacin and you know alpha-lipoic acid because these things help the liver to process cholesterol. Okay, so there's another factor there. And you know, every doctor that sees my labs at my age cannot believe my levels because they don't see that with somebody at this, at this point in time. Um, you know, 59, 58, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so they're right. just like you know, but that's why exercise is good. That's why um, you know supplementation can help. You know, a lot of people throw supplements on the bus and it's like, no, you know, and I I used to think the same, used to think the same thing, Mm -hmm. but there's a lot of benefit from supplements. You just got to know what to do so you don't waste your money. Anyways. (laughs) Well, a lot of great information, Armin, another great show. And we're counting on you because we're going to be adding fan questions to the show here coming up in a couple shows. We're going to need your help and support. Now we appreciate your comments and your suggestions, but Armin, we're going to be leaning on uh, our viewers to get that content in because it's going to be a part of the show now, right? 
Yeah, it should be interesting and uh, maybe give people some better answers to questions and or hopefully give them some better answers to questions. I don't know which one I'm going to get hit with, but, um, you know, I'm not going to have all the answers. I mean, nobody has a lock on all the good ideas, but at the same time, I should be able to give you a takeaway or two, depending on what the question is. <laughs> and it gives you the opportunity to ask the question or it could be as you watch the show today, maybe you thought of something and this yeah. is where you have the opportunity to ask those questions and get an answer live on the show. And the best way to contact us, of course, you can scan those QR codes above our heads or you can yeah. comment in the YouTube section or email us at support at nspnutrition.com. And as always, we appreciate you watching and listening. Armin, another great show. And everybody can tune in next week for a brand new episode of the NSP Nutrition Show. Hey, thanks for checking out the NSP show. Go to nspnutrition.com where you can find a whole heap of resources to help you achieve stunning definition and eye-popping levels of muscularity. Don't forget you can save 10% on your first order by using the code NSP show at the checkout. Catch you next time.